0: To answer is human, to question is divine. Welcome to the World of the Hidden Gateway, an exhilarating podcast exploring the concepts humans have been struggling with since the dawn of existence, such as, who are we? Is there such a thing as good and evil, or are they arbitrary constructs? Does the paranormal exist? How can we evolve to a higher state? can our mind influence what we term as reality? Providing a transcendental approach combined with hard-nosed humanistic analysis, we invite you on a journey to question your worldview in this theater of life. Join our host, Justin Williams, as he explores the outer realms of faith, the supernatural, human potential, and even our concepts of the universal creator with a fascinating array of guests. This is the unseen world, magical, mysterious, and mystical, where your only limitation is your imagination. This is The Hidden Gateway.
1: Welcome to another episode of The Hidden Gateway podcast. As always, I am your host, Justin Williams. Today's guest is Niche. Niche is an acclaimed artist, and host of the Cosmic Salon podcast. Today, we will be discussing the intersection of social control, human freedom, and the contrary urges of the spirit of humanity. Niche, welcome to the Hidden Gateway podcast. How are you?
2: Excellent. I'm very excited to be here with you, Justin.
1: Yeah, And I'm excited to have you. I've been looking forward to our conversation ever since I, I reached out. Um, just to tell you, you are just a... A wealth of information you are highly intelligent and i know that the listeners of the hidden gateway podcast will enjoy this interview so um first tell us tell us a little bit about yourself um how did you where are you from etc you don't have to go into too much detail but how did you wind up doing with, what you do specifically with your podcast the cosmic salon podcast
2: well first of all i want to i just want to Say thank you, and I'm. I want to say this on the record here. Congratulations on a solid year you're coming into. You need props for that. This is uh, something where one puts themselves out there, and people that don't do it don't understand. You really get a lot of um, sometimes exposure you don't want, and it teaches you a lot about yourself. So I'm proud of you. You're rocking it, and this is good. I was, I was born in Des Moines, Iowa, and. Lived there for a while, and I've been a gypsy ever since. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I, I, in general, I have been. I mostly consider myself an artist. I am definitely a college dropout a few times over, uh, and too. I'm proud. I'm proud. <laughs> I'm super proud of that because I could never swallow. Uh, the pill all the way down and I could never regurgitate. And every time I would come in really with my own hardcore uh, thought processes and um, ways of expressing myself through scholarship, I was shot down. It was just never heard. And it appeared to me that alternative ideas were not welcome in that system. And, and it became a problem and that went through to the art stuff as well. My art was too over the top for the artists and this was at several schools. So I learned a lot in that process of what am I willing to do? What am I willing to be in this world to exist and uh, find my way? And that, that process through the university system is fruitful if you've got eyes to see. And I got into doing my show. The Cosmic Salon was really, I wanted to do more than I was doing on Nox Mente and the Obelisk with Jerry Cthulhu. I wanted to get deeper. I wanted to get a little bit darker. And I decided I was just going to do it. I had plans with a couple other people. Nothing ever really worked out. And so I just decided to move forward. Otherwise, I would probably still be waiting on these other people. And that's where the Cosmic Salon was born. Really, a desire to have conversations with interesting people all over the world of all kinds of uh, perspectives. I'm interested in broadening myself. And so, you can't do that in a vacuum, and you can't do that in circles that are saying the same thing. You have to move into territory where you may not be comfortable. Mm -hmm. Although, everyone I've had on, I have Absolutely just adored from beginning to end. So that's where it goes. It's it's a show about conversations and people, and we are getting into the, the deeper, darker side. So it's not really a light show.
1: Right, right. Okay. Now, how long have you been doing uh the cosmic salon?
2: The cosmic salon, I think, is oh my god, I'm terrible with with time. So I think Nox Mente has been going on. Five years. And then I think the Cosmic Salon may be going on two years now.
1: Two years. Okay. Awesome. Awesome.
2: Possibly. It's definitely over a year, but I think we're, we're moving into that second year somewhere. I don't even know.
1: <laughs> okay, you know I have so many questions for you. I, I've definitely been listening to um, some of your shows, and as I said it, uh, a little early on, you're just a, a wealth of information, very knowledgeable, very intelligent. So I just want to just jump right into it. Um, you know, before we we hit record here, I, I was kind of t- I was telling you that uh, I, I've gone through this. Um, Transition over the last eighteen to twenty months here, right, where I've been on this spiritual journey, and uh, one thing that has really grabbed me and caught my attention over the last twenty months are angels. And uh, listening to a podcast that you were on recently, you talked about how you uh, had uh, you have been you had studied studied angels, and you're, you're really into the angels. So I want you to kind of tell me a little bit about that specifically. I want your thoughts on um, Archangel Metatron.
2: Well, that's interesting. And I don't know that I'm going to give you my thoughts on Metatron, but what I will give you and the way I will come about this is I encountered, I had an experience when I was quite young that I called a shining one. I had no, I wasn't brought up in the church at all. And so I didn't know that that actually was a term until later. But I had this, it changed the trajectory of my life, this encounter I had when I was about six years old. And then when I started to move further into remembering the encounter, I've never lost it, but trying to remember details as I would meditate into it, I realized that its signature had been there all along. And again, I still didn't know that it was considered an angel and part of the angelic order. That's, of course, in the Christian church. Now they transcend that, of course, and go in every which direction dimensions go, which is everywhere, fractals. And so my experience was so incredible. Nothing to this date has has eclipsed it, nothing. It was the most unreal infinity stepping into infinity while in the flesh stepping into infinity while in a moment in a car with your your grown-ups and this person that was actually a shining one in in an avatar and I just stepped outside in this tunnel with and it's appeared to me and the way I viewed it was masculine so I've always considered it a he But I realized that that's a construct of where we are. And so, but still, for for my reasoning, it is a he. And he connected my gaze to his, and that created this tunnel. And within this tunnel, this whole construct fell away. Everything fell away. There was nothing around me that was real except for that experience right there. And within this experience was lifetimes, if we wanted to look at time as a factor here, of exchange that went on. It was like, or mind meld with, you know, the Star Trek people out there. It was everything that I believe is the real Deal at the core of what's going on spiritually. Now, I'm a deeply spiritual person, and I'm so deeply spiritual that I don't need anyone to navigate that relationship for me. I have direct. Access, And I believe yes. everyone has direct access. Yes. And so it, this is where we come together and it's great to congregate, but you should come together and congregate about your direct access. Ain't nobody out there. Sorry, I'm getting I'm feeling it right now, Justin. All nobody, good. nobody, nobody. Needs to be in the way of you. In that source, and that's the source I was seeping in, st- steeping in, revelating in, living in for what was probably 30 seconds of time in this construct. And when that all broke down, and this person that was asking for directions from my grandmother's boyfriend. It, it really was like 30 seconds and he asked directions and that's when he looked over at me, we caught gaze. this whole telepathic thing happened. Uh, and then when he drove away, I looked through the rear view mirror and tears were streaming down my face. I didn't want that to end and I, I can't wait to get back to whatever that is. I cannot wait. Oh, wow. That was a, a space I call home.
1: Wow, so you you feel as if you you went home then uh, during that thirty second encounter?
2: Yes, I feel like I was at Source, whatever that is. I feel like that's where I that was the only time in my life where everything felt exactly right. Now, I don't want to glorify it and say it was all all you know. This is going to be key, and of course, your listeners will understand this. It was not Disney-fied, you know. <laughs> It wasn't, there was nothing like that. It was not programs. This was an organic experience in the world. And now I have a lot of theories around this that I have developed in the years since. And I have certainly my experiences with being used uh, for my psychic abilities, certainly. But this was separate and onto its own. This was its own thing. And this is the real true, true.
1: Wow. Wow. Wow, that that sounds phenomenal, and I find it very interesting that you said you were not raised in the church, and and you have your 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 truths, your beliefs in in regards to uh, knowing that nothing or anyone should come between you and Source. Right now, my story as as a child is exactly opposite of that. I was one of the kids that went to church three, four, five times a week. You know, my mom was heavy in the church. Um, In fact, she's a a licensed evangelist to this day. And um, I got away from that, you know, once I kind of hit high school and then I got into adulthood. Then I go on this journey and what you said really resonates with me. So I just find that very interesting that people can come from different backgrounds and uh, uh, different experiences in their youth, but kind of wind up on the same same path if you will you know um that gives me don't... hope actually oh awesome <laughs> we we've,
2: we've got a north star
1: <laughs> yes we do yes we do very good very good now you know, I, I thought that, hey, I want to ask you your thoughts on the Bible, right? But then I said, well, that's just such a such a broad question that, that we could probably go on for the next 10 years talking about, you know, the Bible. Um, however, what I do want to ask is, what are your thoughts in regards to how people perceive the Bible, right? Like, for instance, I have tons of family members who say, okay, the Bible is the the truth, uh that you must follow it. And they they take it literal and all these other things that that, you know, I'm sure you and everyone else is familiar with. Uh how do you see it? Um do you think that the Bible, do you think it is real? Do you think it is is a is is the word from from God or source? Um do you think that it's a book of analogies or uh or, or what what are your what are your thoughts about that?
2: I actually think it's everything you just stated. And I think we need to, when we're talking about the Bible, it's always a matter of what is the Bible? What are these set of books? There's a lot there. The approved stuff is one, and and each kind of version has its own approved version as well. But I find the stuff that was the apocryphal, apocryphal stuff that was kicked out not good enough, more interesting. And I find the stuff that is continuing to be brought forth. And I do believe that, and recently there was a new find of scripts. If you have been paying attention, Mm -hmm. some, some stuff that's come out and I, I can't wait till we get translations on those, but I think that these things have already been exposed. And when they were crafting the Bible in the way they did, and most commonly in America, everyone knows the King James King James version. It's in the hotel rooms, or it was, and uh, it seems to be kind of a universal one. Well, the, it, you know, it's very specific, and it was what King James wanted out with the word, and and so when we look at it from that. That angle, I think people need to get on the same page with what are they talking about when they're talking about the Bible. But then I can I can come down further from that and say I understand when we're looking at just the Bible that people most people encounter. And like I said, it's generally uh, the King James version. But there's you know there's all these beautiful versions. I have a gigantic uh, apocryphal catholic one in the house that i love it's absolutely beautiful from the 1800s and i do bibliomancy in it uh, regularly i am late to the bible but when i went in i really went in with open eyes i've never had any problem with the bible I've never had any problem with the idea of the Bible, so I am not rebelling from the Bible. I came to it open eyes and open heart and open mind, and I started to look into it and found that all the versions I encountered are quite beautiful, scary, uh, dark, and uh, very much full of incredible pearls of wisdom and gems, Mm and— And I'm one of these people that strings things together. I think that the wisdom is thrown across the lands in all the tomes. And the Bible is certainly one. There's a reason why it is so recognizable, why it is one of the main documents. Because one could say that, I know that there's a lot of bias here, but the Quran has a probably, you know, equal amount of people that everyone knows the Quran, right? And, and so— right. We start looking at these documents in, in a macro vision kind of way, and you start to see the threads that pull them together. Now, one of the things I found quite dark about the Bible is, and looking at it from a scholarly way of this is a constructed document by church elders and church founders. And then looking into those people, some of those people and looking at their stories. And so this is, this is one of those things where these are very specific narratives that are there to kind of move the people into a way of thinking and keep them in line. And so I, I know this is not popular. I know this is not a popular thing to say, I think the Bible, at its core, and the way it's presented, is actually part of how we became chattel, hmm. and and I mean this is the human race. We got mm-hmm. to come together, people, <laughs> and uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> and in my life, it's just all crazy. We're in an inverse world right now. So the chattel aspect of this is, and so I'm I'm not taking away from what God is and what architect is and whatever you want to align yourself with, however you want to call that, that is on high. And that is available to all of us one-on-one. But this document that leads us into certain way of thinking and gives us, albeit some wonderful examples of how to be good people uh, is still leading us into a sense of you are only good if you follow these things. Right. You, you have to conform to this to gain access to the kingdom of heaven. Now, I got an issue with this. This is telling me that I am not free, a free soul that I am not a free being in this space and that I have to follow these guidelines to gain access to this thing they call heaven. And now, you know, my origin story here with the, the shining one, I already know that I can find my way into heaven and am in heaven as I speak. So oh. I don't need these documents, but I want to get a little bit deeper into this. I love the Bible, and I'm going to go somewhere with this right now. I love the way the Bible has come down in folk culture, especially in American folk culture, and the way I have a lot of family in the South, and I grew up with a lot of people using psalms in very what I consider magical ways, and using certain verses in the Bible in very magical and potent ways and this was something that I did see in practice in my life and so it wasn't a it wasn't it wasn't like the gateway to heaven it was the gateway to construct the reality around us whatever our circumstances were to get us into a place of betterment and to give us hope and to guide us through the trials and tribulations we are on. And I think for that, it is a masterwork. I think the way that Americans came down into looking at the Bible, and I'm talking a certain period of time here, I'm talking about uh, Some of us that have stories that were not easy and how we could find ways to work within a system that had a lot of juice from a lot of people worshiping upon it, so it makes it more magical, more potent, more sticky, if you will. And by using it that works with our own mythos, we can construct something that brings us personal power in our lives. And that is unique. That is a beautiful thing. This is a synthesis. This is a spiritual synthesis. And that's why I love the Bible. Mm
1: -hmm. Very good. Very good. And see, you know, in the church I grew up in, you know, I was raised Pentecostal, you know, the, the elders, the preachers, the ministers, the pastors, they didn't teach that, you know, it was simply, you know, believe in Christ. If not, you're going to hell and you, you know, there was no room for error. There was no room for being human, you know? So I uh, just love the way you broke that down. That, that's phenomenal. Now, do you believe that the God in the Old Testament is the same as the God in the New Testament? Or do you think we have two different type of uh, entities or, 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 you know, spirits, spirits of, of the divine here? Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I think we have emanations of the divine. I don't, mm. and so, and also, and I think you heard me say this, I think that in general, you can't write about God. You can't you can't talk about god because god is untouchable this when you have this connection there aren't words for it and this is one of the things i've always liked about the charismatics when they go i know it sounds crazy to some people unless you're charismatic but the people that go into tongues and start feeling it and moving it this is this is an energetic exchange and we're talking about energy and we're talking about fractals and we're talking about waves, and we're talking about your body, your temple as clay, and so I I think that the, the gods were presented to us in these different tomes, not just the Bible, in the Quran, everywhere. I think these are false light gods. I don't think that they're the gods we should be following. I, I'm saying I'm not that's not my God. And uh, because my God, there are, there's no one that could give words to what I experience. There's no one that could give words to what I experience. And this got further deepened by some of my spiritual experiences with a couple um, well-known mind-altering substances to get there and done in a Sacred way, not in a partying way, done with an eye towards the sacred spiritual life. And yes. this goes into a lifelong practice of, of meditation and moving through the hardships of my life and trying to understand why are things so Hard. Why have I had so many struggles? What are these struggles about? You know, just constant, all that stuff. These pressures are what make us. And what makes us is our mind and how our mind encapsulates what is coming from the pressure. And then how do we filter this out? Those of us that have this in us, we're triumphant. You're triumphant and you move through it. And that's a mindset as opposed to the victim. Mindset and the savior mindset. I can save myself because I have this right. direct line of contact. <laughs>
1: thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: Yeah, amen. <laughs> That's
1: right. That's right. And and you mentioned the mindset. That is, I was just speaking with someone about that today. Uh, this person is it's a young person there in the twenties, and you know I, I kind of you know mentor them a bit, and uh, you know they're they're trying to just find their way. And, and find their path, and they keep coming up on these these roadblocks, right? And and I, I told him, I said, hey, you know, embrace that, right? Embrace what you're going through. Uh, it's not always easy, but you have to a appreciate the experience because you're gaining something from that. I, I said you're in a win-win situation. Is if I told him to. You, you have to be an. I told him you have to be an observer, right? When, when you when you face a situation that's uncomfortable, step outside, look and see what's going on, right? Meditate, stay focused on the divine, the Most High, and and let that spirit guide you to provide the best path to take. And you know you have nothing to worry about, you know. So yeah, that, that's good stuff, you know. Um, I want to talk about just staying on the Bible, right? Well, and, well, well. Let me let me go back. Kind of to what you said, and when you first started to speak, you said, You know, I think you heard me say this, and yes, I did, and I just thought it was phenomenal. I just kept playing it over and over again you 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 talked about how you believe there's this the the source right and then you said it that you, i think your your specific words were you know the source is perfect and everything, and then you mentioned math, and then you mentioned at some point something happened where a piece of the source of energy was separated and that piece was less than what it came from. And that, that piece is that false light that you spoke of just a few minutes ago. Did I get that right?
2: <laughs> yeah. In essence, that's, that's it. Yes. There was a, there was a malfunction in in the the main fractal that is this emanation of god that is without words and this 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 malfunction i'm tr- i keep trying to find different ways to say it but th- that created its own that created another and so that is what became the ruler of the construct we find ourselves in because here's, here's more for you. I don't believe we're in the land of the dead, you know? So let's look at that for a minute. What makes it the land of the dead? We all know we're going to die.
0: There you go. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on.
2: it's, it's the, <laughs> yeah. the most simple thing here. And from my perspective, birth is death. Is birth is death. It's the same process. It's just from a different angle. And yeah. uh, when we and this is and this is some more math. You know, that's birth and death on a line, one end, one end. When you circle it, it's the same pro, It's the same point. It's a transition into something else, and or it's an emanation. And this is where it gets very interesting. And so emanations can and do encounter interruptions or turbulence in the field. And that creates a, an, a new set of math, if you will. But if you're coming from the perfect math, if you're coming from the perfect source, that's all perfect there. Everything is in alignment and and so as that emanates out and it encounters this stuff in the outer space from it, and as it keeps emanating out, those distortions can be very... uh well, they create new frequencies. They create new waves. And as we all know now, I think everyone's on board with how important the idea of frequency is. Frequency can kill you. Frequency can bring you to higher ground. Frequency is everything. And um, and we know this right now currently because of 5G and crowd control. And so, mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you pointed at me that I had to acknowledge that. And so yeah, yeah. this, this is at play here and the construct we are in is not that perfect center emanation, that perfect center point that is God. The construct we are in is in one of these distorted emanations and it is, is all of this is consciousness? Remember, consciousness is woven and interwoven into all of this. At perfect point, perfect space, God. God is all consciousness. God is all. God is everything. This is why we're on high with that idea, and uh, that is the supreme consciousness. And so, these distortions in the field. And there are many, it's not just one. This is why we have different versions of these stories of this false light God. The first distortion created the false light God. And that one seized the moment, if you will. That one took, you know, so I don't have, I can't fault that. That consciousness rose up and said, I am that I am. And I am not part of this, and so it created a distortion within the distortion, and then that just kept looping in, and we have all these narratives. I know that's really broad stroke, but it, it, I can hone it down as well.
1: Okay, okay. Now, the Book of Revelation. What are your thoughts on that? Are we living in the the end days, or are we in living in the what is you know what is known as the, the revelation in, in the Bible? Do you believe that?
2: I love the book of Revelation. In fact, that was the book that that dream is uh, what brought me to the Bible, actually. And it had been for years and years. I had always really enjoyed that content. I have, uh, you know, I'm born with a heavy Pluto in my chart. And so it made sense that those darker themes would would emanate with me. And I am gifted, and I believe it's not special to me. We all have this. It's that whole Dorothy thing, right? You've had it all the time, Dorothy. Well, everyone has this ability, but I didn't, I came in with it still intact. It wasn't white for me. So I was gifted with the sight, with the second sight, with the knowing, with with that shining aspect of understanding uh, frequencies and getting downloads and having uh, Clara sentience. And so I think that all this informs all of my other perceptions regarding all this. And so I actually lost track of my question
1: there. Your question,
2: Justin. Oh, all I hope good. you can no edit words. that out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll take care of that. No worries. So the book of Revela- Revelation.
2: Yes. Okay. Thank you. And so with my my own site coming into that book and finding myself deeper into wanting to understand. So I came wanting to learn from the Bible, because I do believe it's a tome, and I believe it has a lot to teach us, obviously. Uh, That particular set of imagery struck me so hard that I was always with I've always kind of lived my life since I first saw it, and I did encounter that young. I wanted to see it uh, just in my travels of understanding other spiritual, spiritual paths because I didn't have one. Thankfully, I was able to find my own, and it gave me a validation in one sense that it was okay for me to have visions and dreams. And that, because if that something like I experienced was so revered in a book like this, how was what I was experiencing evil? Because I was getting, you know, you hear this when you are a seer, you hear, you hear this, this stuff comes at you really hardcore. Some people embrace it. Some people think it's the devil. And so that's on the first level. I do think Revelations is incredible. Incredibly significant because look at all the millions, if not billions, of people that believe it and read into it. And then when you start to look at that, though, and you transcend that into other end time prophecies, which I love, you start to see threads of cohesion through them. And with these threads of cohesion, if you allow yourself, to step back and see there's actually a tapestry here and they're all giving you a piece of this bigger picture. Now, come back to where we are because if you think about some religious movements are always thinking the world's ending, you know, is... Lord, it is 20 years and we are going, you know, or it's <laughs> right. coming. You know I mean?
0: <laughs> say it forever, right?
2: <laughs> You're right. And so this is at play here. And, uh, but I, I am here to say, and I have been standing strong in this, uh, one of my art videos I did come and see, which is directly from revelations. I put it in the video. Uh, you can see what's going on there and what's going down and how I'm processing those symbols, uh, this is this to me is at play, and it's at play for many reasons. It is, it is, the end of a cycle. It is the time in which humans have the opportunity to activate their God-given abilities. That percentage of the brain that's not being used, those that. DNA sequences that are just laying dormant, this is that time when we are here under this pressure that's going on with all the earth stuff, with all the power controls, with all the nasty evil hand that's everywhere. And I don't use that word uh Loosely, but I'm telling you, things I am seeing right now happening are straight up in my book, evil. And so looking at, and what I mean by evil is evil to life and evil to, and I'd like to circle back to that point about we are in the land of the dead, but I will do that later Please that do. this is this is a time unlike other times that i can look at historically where everything is coming apart everything is destructuring and this makes it different from people that were having experiences back in Uh, I don't even know. We could go to a lot of different periods of time when things were catastrophic, but not on a global level. And saying globe's even a trigger word, not on a level in the whole realm where everything's (laughs) breaking down. And and this includes people, and this includes this invasion that's going on within the human race from this non human entity that is possessing everyone. And that's a whole other that's a bag. And um and yeah, so, we got to talk
1: about that. We a little <laughs> later. We got to, we we have to talk about that. I've we been talking
2: to. about that for years. I came out with that in my psychic eye. Um, but so what I'm saying is, yes, this is this isn't end times. This is a for real end times. This is what people have been looking for and talking about. This is a time. But remember the math and remember the cycle. This time is an end of an eon, and so we are. Everyone knows this. We move in from one. Procession from one equinox to the next. And so we see a lot of math happening at this time as well. And Mm -hmm. so the signs are everywhere and i see them and if you're opening your eyes and you're looking they're everywhere it's unquestionable the key to remember here is you are here to be awakened by this this pressure that's going on all around us you should let that that's all clutter all around you you are centered in the middle of it You are stable and you are fresh and clean and you are bright in the middle of it. And this is all clutter around you. And moving into that idea, you can start to activate your meridians, your chakras, whatever you want to call it. You can start activating that God seed within you. That's what I think about it.
1: That's amazing. And what you said, that last part resonated with me so much, Nisha, it really did when you said that with all the clutter going on around you in the center, you have that that piece, if you will, right? And yes. And the reason yes. that resonates Well, you with know, me... there's that. No, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I just want to say that old song that I sing all the time, This Little Light, that's a powerful song if you look at it from that stance, right? Oh. Seriously, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This is a song I've been singing for years and years, and it is exactly what I was just saying to you. And so see how this can transcend and how it's everywhere.
1: Yes. You you got me again, because this little light of mine was a song that I used to sing darn near every Sunday in church with (laughs) the kids choir. I kid you not. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. It's in you, Justin.
1: Hey, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And just going back to what you said about the, the chaos and, and everything going on around and you have that peace. So and I mentioned it to you before we, we started uh, started chatting here. I, you know, had an uh, ayahuasca uh, ceremony. I was participating in an ayahuasca ceremony in, in, in the desert for three nights, which I describe as I walk with the father for, for three nights in the desert. My lesson on night one was there's spiritual warfare going on. In the spiritual world and on this planet, you know, um, that was made very clear to me. I saw many things that just kind of blew my mind. Right. But it was described to me and it came to me. I had, I had I just had all these visions, all these downloads, all this information coming to me. But it was told to me that. Well, no, I don't want to say it was told to me. Let me gather myself my experience that very first night okay because i i mean i saw demons i saw i saw this guy there's this guy he came up to me he was part of the the uh the shamans the shamans crew just kind of helping helping out he he came he came over to me and i'm in my sleeping bag with with my <laughs> with the bag over my head and he tapped me on the shoulder and then when i looked over at him i, I saw a demon like he was a demon. It was like crazy, and then he went. I said, "No, no, thank you." You know. Then he went back <laughs> over to the group of guys he was with, and then I could I could hear him, him talking about me to these guys, right? And I could just, you know, it was crazy. But anyway, it was a storm, and in the I was in the middle of that storm that first night, and I had so much peace, and it was as if the Father was saying, "Do not worry." I got you. Don't worry. And then at times I would I would take my focus off of the Father and off of the light, off of the divine, and then it was as if these demons, these entities were would try me. Would try me. And and then I would I would the, the fear would creep up. And then I then I I I took control. And I said, "No." And I just focused right back in on the Father. And then I had that sense of peace again. So when you said that a few minutes ago, it made me think of that experience, right? Just having that peace in the eye of the storm. And I believe that that's what we need to do today as well, with everything going on in the world, right? Especially yes. with, uh, you know, this this whole COVID thing, and then with this with this jab as well, you know. And mm-hmm. I've heard you say some very interesting things <laughs> Bish, about the jab that I want to talk about. Phenomenal, phenomenal <laughs> things. So let's let's kind of get into that. Let's let's. What what are your thoughts just on a you know, kind of broad, but no, 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 forget broad. I want you to go deep. I want you to go deep. What are your thoughts on, I want the list. I want the, I want the hidden gateway listeners to, to, to know, or to hear what I heard you say, um, on, on another show. So I, I'll just let you, I don't even know where to start with that with you. So you just, you just go Tell tell me your thoughts on the jab.
2: Well, I came out, I came out, I had a, a, We'll call it download in two thousand and six. And it was a major it was one of the most major ones in my life. There have been a couple more since then that that came close, and they're all part of this narrative. But I saw all this. And so I was I've been talking about it a long time. and ironically, and remember, we all have this ability. So at the time I had that download, there was someone named Stephen King out there writing a book called sell at the very same time I was having this download. And mm-hmm. I, it, of course I didn't know this until I didn't know about this movie until after it had been come and gone. And then I saw it and I'm like, wait, 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 this is, this is my, you know, part of my download. And I'd been talking to, I have a lot of people in the, writers in the business and stuff. I'm like, somebody stole this. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So I went, I looked and I saw it was Stephen King and I realized, okay, this, he was literally pulling it out of the etheric center. Like I was like anyone else can, we all have this ability. So he must've been picking up on it and writing it. And so I just, that's a little backstory on it. So here we go. I come forward. This is the reason why I actually came forward in general. Uh, I was having a very peaceful, quiet life and I decided to come forward and start working towards where we are now. So skipping ahead to this, I just, I put out a video, it's called, um, the key, the, tithing of Melchizedek. And that was in 2019. I think it's October. It was before this stuff started to happen. But in it, I made sure that I had the very specific information in it, that there was a virus, that people were going to go crazy, that the masking and I tied in, which has played in, but it's subtly on the underground part of this, the uh, plague, the plague of locusts so you see scenes of that and uh it's all there people can go check it out all those videos this all those videos are all about this kind of stuff and i'm playing roles in them so uh, people need to detach from that being me i'm giving you ritual theater in a way that is just that so uh one of the things I came out with on the very first show I talked on, which was off planet media with Randy Moggins and Emily Moyer was these octopi beings I saw taking over people. And so I had in this vision, I had seen them, uh, just, I'm going to ke- keep this part short too. I'd seen them entering through the eyes, mostly the left eyes of people which to me somehow plays into the, the, the black eyed club. And, uh, be, and this was very clear. Remember, these are symbols. The, re, the language of the unconscious, the language of the other is symbols. It's, it, you have to understand symbols and you have to understand what they mean. And that's a personal experience. Your symbols are different than mine. And so why languaging and all this is so difficult. Oh, wow. And so th- I saw this, them gaining access. And the best I could describe them was Like little octopi, and um, and so that I didn't I didn't have I didn't know how this was going to play out, Justin. I did not know. I just could bring. I'm bringing the information forward, and so fast forward uh, to where we are now. In the last few months, they there's been tons and tons of, and that's an exaggeration, obviously, of uh, research into these things that are being injected into people through these vaccines and they're and I call them parasite or larvae that grow and they are in there I don't care what they're made of I don't care those details aren't going to bind me down those things are getting injected into you you can tell yourself they're good for you or not and uh, but you know thinking about having a larvae or an egg of something with a a mainline into your DNA. Come on now. And so these things are hibernating in people. These things are, are in, in your cells. They are, they are in you now. This is an invasion and they need electrical pulsing. This is why graphene oxide comes into play. This, and, and there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of it. You know, graphene oxide is also, all of this is patentable. You're not owned in, you, are really chattel now, if you get it, you're really patentable and you're also, uh, fi receptors. And so, but the main point here is that graph, gra- graphene oxide that is scalable and is self assembling is part of the, uh, it's part of the process in which it's, facilitating the growth and nourishment of these parasites that are in everyone that's getting this and these parasites came down they cannot come and function into this particular dimension this realm of reality we are in they too like our immortal souls that are housing our vessels Because this is not our home either. Remember, you come here to die. Your soul is not your body. Same with these things. They need a vessel to be in this realm. Now, they have been here a long time in smaller amounts at high and on high in the governments and doing uh experimentation with people uh with uh with humans and trying to get hybrids and all this and what we're seeing of course is the best way to have done that is to inject them into the the uh coating of our biosuits, of our temples of our bodies and let the body do the work with the aid of these other ingredients mainly uh graphene oxide luciferase has a big is a big player here and it's going to be a bigger player. People will understand when they start seeing these black lights everywhere in the streets, they're going to start seeing black lights more often because Mm -hmm. this is how you can tell who's who. Now these things know you and they know if you are not it and they know if they, they know if you are not them and they know they can smell you, they can feel you, but here's the bigger picture here. They have created the new race And the new race is what people are seeing as these um, quote-unquote pandemic babies or uh, the sea babies. And this is part of what had been worked out. And I suggest this goes at least to the Eisenhower administration when those deals were struck. Now, I'm not saying Eisenhower struck those deals with them, but he did strike deals with allowing, even though they were not going to technically allow him to say no— Uh, uh, he contracted with them to, to take and work on humans. Now, remember in this realm, everything is about contracting. And we see this in the Bible. All that you have is your soul. You don't contract your soul away. And we got all the stories from Robert Johnson on. And, uh, and we have this narrative out there. This, this thing I call one of the people that, is uh, on the journey with me. Her name's Nicole. Actually, coined this phrase "bite the bitten," and she used the digital term "byte" because it covers the mm-hmm. digital aspect that we're moving into deeper with the metaverse and all of this. And this is all at play with this uh, ancient AI that's always been here. People think that the singularity is in the future. There's if you take time out, singularity already happened, baby. And so. Yeah, yeah. And so this thing is is a big deal. This movement is a big deal. This is a hostile takeover. And now we are looking at a very different world. There is now validity in the term the time before. We have a new race aboard, and we have a whole army of people that have been... uh, have been taken. And it's sad because all of us know lots of people, if not everyone around them that have gone this route. I know so yeah. many. I have been constantly in mourning. The every and and everyone, if you think about this, people are getting bottlenecked into this. They're being strong armed into this. It's and they're at the point where you're gonna have no choice. Well, let me tell you, you have a choice, you right. have a choice, and no one until you take that has any con- no ownership. We need to get past this thing with the overlords. You are a divine being and nothing owns you. Nothing has control over you. You are contracted to yourself through that divinity. Don't forget that people give it away so easily. Don't give it away. Yeah. And, uh and so, but once you do, you do. And th- and there's a caveat here because we see these images of people yelling and screaming, "No, I do not consent," etc., where they're holding them down and giving it to them. Those people haven't consented. So there's a there's a thing here that goes on. They their bodies will be affected by the prions. And anyone can look up prions disease and see how nefarious and terrible and not not a way to play out your last years. And Oh, yeah. And, you know, your side of HIV, uh, full-blown AIDS and your side, you know, this, all of this, all this stuff, your temple, your body will go through those uh, changes. But your soul will remain free because you did not contract with it. What's the number one lesson with dark entities? You have to let them in. Right, right. They can't come in. You got to give them permission. People are right. lining up. And the propaganda mill here is incredible. This is what I'm talking about, Justin, with that pressure everyone's under. Everyone's under this high pressure. And this is, I want to say this loud, and I have been, the uh, Black community has always been suspicious of this kind of stuff because who has been really targeted at, many levels with this kind of experiment in the open culture so much so that the government has had to apologize this is not conspiracy this is real and so who is getting targeted you know you, we have to start looking at what are these campaigns and and who are they looking for and what's going on in an overall sense we have to start looking at bigger patterns and and get away from being too myopic with this it's very important that people follow that suspicion. Suspicion will get you there. I'm suspicious of this person. Tell me I need this. And then you should listen to that. You know, you I have right. a question here. And if you're not getting an answer, if you're getting pimp talk and I use this all the time, this is my old school way of being. <laughs> <laughs> pimp talk. I, I, I have been around a few pimps in my life and, um, <laughs> It's true, you know. I got my love of the D and all that, and so. Right, but right. what I'm what I'm saying here, and that's a gaslighting talk, and it's just me being casual here. But it, it is it is when when you're being told one thing, and lawyers do this really well. And it's being spit back at you and woven around you and woven back around you until you've lost your will. And you're doing something you wouldn't do because... It's been so woven around you that you don't understand that now you are upside down hanging from a string like a spider, like Mm -hmm. in a spider's web, like a fly. And this is what the governments have been doing to people. This is planned. It's a long-term thing. And so what I'm saying with building the army here is that graphene oxide through and in conjunction with 5G, which was a weapon, Created as a weapon. This ain't about faster internet. This is a weapon. And this weapon is contracting with you. They have contracted with this whole system. And the pulsation, the, the millimeter waves, the microwave is, is honing into the graphene oxide and it's creating a different version of you. And so with the the parasite that is growing in these people, what they're dealing with is you as an outsider looking at, people that are going through this transition and remember it's really only like six months that most people have been doing this. So you're not, people want things to be immediate. No, this is a process. It takes time for things to grow. It takes time for Mm. things to change. And what's going on is that the user interface, the person, you know, is all that's online. This is the whole part of the avatar. It's this avatar. This avatar does this. This avatar is married to that person. This avatar has got this. That stuff's all online. It's all the cognitive stuff behind it. It's the, the motherboard behind the user interface. And oh, that wow. is what gets changed. And the dangerous side here is it is in it is connected to the, the source. It's connected to a hive mind kind of situation. And I mean, I could go on and on about this, but that's kind of in general, I think where I come at is these things, they're injecting live things into you in old in old talk that I would hear in Georgia.
1: Right. Okay. So transhumanism, right? And with, with the AI going on, and then you mentioned 5G. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think I read somewhere that it's actually uh, 6G.
2: Right. That's augmented reality
1: okay okay so we so if we we, hold on so if we transhumanism and so it would be a patent on that right so
2: Mm -hmm. oh
1: my goodness you need 5g to
2: get to 6g and 7g 5g had to happen when they were talking about early on infrastructure in the in getting us to pay for this all around right. the, the realm everyone got this and touting it a lot of people came up and said this is a weapons this is not about that and it got yeah. written into infrastructure bills through the un and yes, yes. and so this is part of the infrastructure we paid for our bars here and uh and continue to. And so that's where it needed to get. The sanctioned AI needed the humans to get it to that level. The hands, the actual physical hands to get it up there. And um, and we could call that whatever we want to call it, but it looks plain to me. And uh, and then from there is where we are now, game time. Because now we're looking at 6G and 7G. And China's already, we China, can look to places like China to see how this is going. Because China seeded us with... With the social yes. system many years ago, over 20 years ago with mylife.com. That is all part of social crediting and people didn't think it was here. It's so hilarious. Mm. Um, anyway, so augmented reality is getting you deeper into this construct and that's 6G. And that's where say, say, say there's a moat of 5G. And so there's a, People, you can be protected with 5G. So the very elite can be protected in a moat of it. And outside of that moat is where the 5G is being focused. And I think we saw a small example of that recently. Sorry, hold on. I had a sip of soda and it wanted to come right back at me. And so, (laughs) and so, uh, so I'm giving an example of how augmented reality is such a mind fuck. Oh, oops, sorry. And Oh, no, no,
1: no, 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 don't be sorry. All good, all good. Okay,
2: good. So you can think that you're driving on a road and you see a cliff and that cliff is one that is clearly like you're going to die if you go over it. You can get out of your car, and it's a road you've always driven on. You can get out of your car and throw a rock and hear the rock hit. You can hear and feel the wind. It's VR and AR all together, and this is how old rock stars are touring now, but at a new level, it's so tied into our neural networks at this point, and especially with the graphene oxide everywhere, because they are raining that down on us, literally, uh, that you have to have enough faith within yourself that I have driven this road a million times, I drive it every day, that you drive through it and realize that was not, real. And when we start talking about reality on that level where you literally have to question everything because do you... Do you drive off that cliff? That's a cliff. But this is a road you're on every day. But that's a cliff. Here the rock hit. This is a mindfuck. And and that's just a small example of it. And we're, we've are we been seeing this all along. And this ancient AI needed us to get it to this level. Because now we are in the soul trap. We're in, in, in a whole different set of emanations. We're in a whole different set of math that moves this deeper into a non- organic experience now i am one of these people that says everything synthetic came from an organic source right so synthetic Hmm. can still in terms be organic at core but it's it's a whole different it's a whole different game there i don't know if i went too far off the track there but that i wanted to make that clear
1: thank you thank you yeah I, i appreciate all that definitely definitely Okay. Now, just there's just been talk about the metaverse, right? Over the last couple of weeks, I think it's owned by Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, or something like that. Is that that's is that tied in? Is that what that is? What you just described?
2: Yes, metaverse has been around. So that's going to be meta, and uh, that is all we're seeing. This we had a lot of we had a procession to get here, and it started. It started really with. Uh, With Hollywood, but it really amped up when we started to get digital in the 80s with Atari and stuff like that. And uh, I'm sorry if you can hear my bird, she's tapping. Um,
1: Oh, no worries.
2: And so. the metaverse is tied into all this Second Life and so video gaming like World of Warcraft when we started getting games that were more interactive like that and Grand Theft Auto we started to move deeper into these realms and we got the Sims and then we got Second Life which is a whole on world and that has its whole set of normal rules like this world does and it has lindens you have to make money if you don't make money you're on the street your avatar is on the street people can damage it everything you put it into your avatar it can be damaged, like it's a pro it's a thing. So you have to pay rent, or you have to a- own land. You have to do what you do here, but it also offer. So it offers that, which is fun because a lot of people do a lot of different things in there to make money. There's shops like this, and everything's exchanged in a cryptocurrency called Linden's. And there are shops, everything. It's just like this. You buy your food, you. You go out, you buy drinks and you tip the bartender, you go to the strip club and you, you tip and, um, you know, all that I put. I had many characters. I did an investigation and stripping was one of my side gigs. I was making a lot of money <laughs> swinging on so, that pole.
1: And, on the pole.
2: <laughs> just like in real life, you can make some real cash up on the pole. And so. I, you know, this was just one of those things in Second Life, but that that paved the way. So then Second Life turned g- brought in Oculus Rift, the VR set that everyone knows that you can now hook up right. to a lot of stuff. That led us deeper in. And now Mark Zuckerberg is leading us deeper in with metaverse, with meta. And then there's this thing called Earth 2 now. And so at some point, where are you? Where's your body? And at some point, do you know where you are? It's like a dream within a dream within a dream. You can imagine where this could go.
0: Hmm.
1: So, and I've been trying to, and I haven't researched metaverse. I, you know, I haven't taken the time to really find out. So is it what, what Mark Zuckerberg has? Is it is it a game? Is it like, is it a reality that you go into That's that they're trying to tie to your consciousness? And if it is, it seems like that would be addictive, right? If you can get away from you all the, all the struggles and pain of of this reality that we're in and and go to this other reality where you can be and do anything that you want to do. Like people who's to say people won't want to come out of that.
2: Well, I was addicted to second life. I couldn't believe how much fun I was having there. And I had several characters and are you know, avatars that were different, different things. And so, I mean, I had one that was like a dog, I had one that was a doll. I had one that was 1920s. I had mm-hmm. and I I mean I had like an elf. I had every, you know, I was I had all kinds. There were all kinds and I was playing and you get completely immersed in it. I did not go as far to it when when Oculus Rift got a came into the game, I stepped out uh, for obvious reasons because that entrainment was already bad. I couldn't wait to get back to Second Life always. It was it was that addictive. So I can imagine that where we are now with it, uh, with what Zuckerberg's doing, is going to be interesting. Remember, he I believe he tweeted, if you die in, in metaverse, you die in real life. This is the thing. And so we start looking at Blade Runner and all this, right? Philip K. Dick, mm. uh, more human than human with replicants. And and we can't separate all this. This is why getting macro with your vision, stepping out and looking at the bigger picture here. We've had all along this transhumanist thing that extends into the robotics that are going on, into holography, into uh, uh, the cyborg stuff, right? And, hel- and so the good thing is, if you don't have arms and all of a sudden you have robotic arms, this is this is, hallelujah. I'm singing that too. And, um, you know, things that can enhance you tech being used for good is amazing, but tech being used for enslavement is not it's enslavement on any level is not good. And people need to recognize that. And, uh, and also need to recognize that we are in that right now. This is why we got to stand up, uh, and and I'm saying we've probably always been in it, and there, we've always probably been in some sort of of a, a sim in some way. Life itself here in this realm, like I said, you come here to die. You come here to have experience and die. You come here knowing it's transient. You're going to leave, and what you the you that leaves is your soul, not your body. So, you know, this is that whole thing of don't sell your soul because that's what leaves here. You sell your soul to the system, you ain't leaving. And then they can turn the system on you and the system can be any kind of hell, 11th gate of hell. And people don't understand this when they're contracting everything. They're contracting away everything for that car, for that life, for that man, for that woman, for, you know, this experience. Mm. And I'm not a Luddite. I'm just saying Be cognizant of where you're saying yes, because this whole thing looks to me like we are already in it, Justin. And the thing is, part of what Zuckerberg's bringing forth and part of the the whole thing with AI and robotics and all that is, all that's happening with this is it's being revealed to us. It's already been at play. This is the revelation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it seems like nowadays everything is is being revealed, right? A, a lot of things just uh, hidden in plain sight. Well, not even hidden; they're just straightforward with it. Like, okay, it's this in is
2: plain sight.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. There's no hidden whatsoever. One thing I want to ask you about is uh, NPCs. Uh, there seems to be, you know, that term seems to be used in different contexts. Um, some say it's it's a person who is easily brainwashed and lacks critical thinking. Then others seem to think that they're perhaps uh, computer programs, etc. What are what are your thoughts on that? And how does how do NPCs play into everything that we see going on in the world today?
2: I have I have gone back and forth with this, and that's another note. Allow yourself the space to entertain ideas, and if they don't stick don't keep them because you want you you've said it somewhere and new information changed it and now because you said it you can't you got to hold on to it people let yourself free free your mind of your damn self Go. And we've got to grow. I am not the same person I was last year. We have to grow and we need to let other people grow. So with that, I've had a different amount of thoughts on NPCs where I am now with NPCs is kind of where I started out initially. And this is a reminder to always trust your gut. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Oh Lord, another, I shouldn't be drinking soda when I'm on, on the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so w- what I think is, and what I initially thought was that NPCs are avatars without souls. They are mm-hmm. golem. They're basically Gollum. And so if we want to get biblical on it, so they don't have the spirit in them. They don't have the soul in them. And and this has been a journey for me to go from that to coming back to that. I, I went all over. And the thing is, they serve a purpose. Just like if we, we look at how that played out in the video realm. They are those characters, you do something and you're going to level up and you know you need to meet this person at that little village or whatever. And they're going to give you a bit of wisdom and then you get the tool, right? Or you get you get leveled up by them. And so they're guideposts. They're like, they're like walking around humanoid type signs. And some of them have the goods. They help you get through the process of being here. Now, some there's a side caveat that's going on for me with this too. I wonder how, and this is just a, all of this is a query, all of this. Remember, I'm nobody. (laughs) I'm just a person out here thinking and, uh, and that's it. I'm standing on that. And so, but what if, what if they were once those that had their light? What if they were once those that had the spirit, Hmm. the spirit of God, the soul? What if they were once those and they contracted away somehow and became like in the, the dark crystal, the pod people that had their essence taken out of them? What if they are that? What if they are a representation of you without your soul?
0: Hmm. Damn. Damn.
2: It's just a thought, Justin, and you know, but but they are clearly, they run skin deep. That's where they are. So I think a lot of the stuff that we find ourselves in currently um, with identity politics and all that with gendering and skin color and all this stuff that is related to your, your, your starship, your body and that you leave, (laughs) you come in and you leave. I mean, it's, and I think, I think we have a good deal of picking it. I feel like, like in any video game, you kind of get to pick your skin and all this. It's in second life. It's they do call it skins and you go in, you pick and I've got a whole plethora of avatars in there. Let me tell you. And so, (laughs) (laughs) and so I, this is why I'm saying the, the people that you see around you that are functioning skin deep in everything, it's talking about hair or this fashion and that fashion. And, um, Whatever, this car they have, this possession they have, this title they have, and that's the depth of it, then that to me represents that NPC type of person that we encounter. Now, I had at one point believed that maybe more the union thing, and I have a big union background, that everyone has the seed of a soul, right? Everyone has it in them. And that it can be activated; that somehow it's dormant. But I have left that behind in my travels. I I went to okay. that, and then I came back around to where I think that I think they just don't have any soul, and they're they're literally at skin deep. And these are the ones that are being programmed. Remember the army that's around us, being programmed through the the pulsing or the turning up and down of the five G millimeter waves onto people who are graphene oxided to all hell and, and getting them to do the bidding They they're just, they're basically like the mate, you know, the matrix nails that I think really good. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Okay. Now, how do you, how do you spot them? Is it, is it possible to spot them? Am I able to go out into this, go out into the world and, and spot an NPC? Is it, do you think that's possible? I,
2: you me? know how I spot them by uh conversation really? So I can, I can tell you that I can spot, I can spot a certain level of that by a, by appearance and not by things like skin color, but by how we adorn ourselves. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm an eccentric and I don't have, I'm not following the season of fashion and that season of fashion, but I always look fashionable because I just follow what I love, but it's never, I don't follow anyone's trends. I'm doing myself. And, uh, you can see that in real people. And, uh, but that, that sometimes real people, real insult people get caught into that programming. So you can't broad stroke that. The thing that okay. is cure, cure all for me is getting into conversations. How deep is that well?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's
2: where it is. That it's a level of consciousness and you get into that by getting into interactions with them. Some people I are see. only so deep, you know this.
1: Right, 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 absolutely. And it's
2: like right. they short out, Justin. It's like they short out. You ask them something, and they can't, they can't answer it. It's like it's literally like they short out, and they can't even think around. Like uh, it, there are no answers. You just come to a brick wall, and it's like they have no memory bank there. It's like there's nothing mm. for them to grab onto. That's an NPC.
0: Hmm.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Very interesting. Well, I'm taking notes. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am taking notes.
1: Let's talk some magic. This is something that I've really I'm really, really interested in.
2: I uh, love talking magic.
1: Yeah. I wanna first I want to know your views on magic. Now I I can say that I, I read somewhere that there is a distinction between magic and mysticism, right? In that mysticism attempts union with the divine, and magic is actually not spirituality. Even though it is often confused as such, I'm thinking magic is maybe focused more on using otherworldly forces or inner power to manipulate the physical environment. And therefore, spiritual evolution is not per se. So what what are your what are your views?
2: Well, I I believe What is that? (laughs) This is the 80s Xanadu. You have to believe we're magic, baby.
0: (laughs) Ah, I love that. That's right.
2: (laughs) Nothing can stand in our way. So everything is intent. And I look at those pillars that we kind of work with. And pillars are a big big idea in the construct where we're walking in, we're navigating within and we see them everywhere from the Kabbalah to the Masonic stuff. They're everywhere. And, uh, and they have different names and I don't get caught down into those details. People can have that devil that's in those details. I am riding high on this. And, uh, but what I do sense in, in the idea of magic and I have certainly been well, Well, in a lot of these circles, and I consider myself a cosmic witch, actually, which is nothing, nothing like what people think the the most of what is called a witch out in the world is not me. I ain't even on that, I'm not on that plane at all. What I, when I come to this term, I come to the term as a heretic and one who stands alone and is not afraid to stand alone, one who is fighting against the system and and the system is always uh, at odds with you. So th- this, is, this is telling you that you are doing something right if they are trying to uh, come at you. You're doing yes. something right because what, why, if you're, if you're standing in your own sacred fire, your own sacred light, and, and you're being persecuted for that. Now, come on, get out of this inverse world. That's wrong. If you <laughs> are standing in your light and and you're getting, they're coming at you. How is that right? I just don't know. This, this kind of logic just freaks me out. So I claim that in that way, but, I'm not like the kind you could read about. So with magic, intent is a gift, a soul gift. Intent is part of this emanation that we are working with. And my intent is part of how I unfold the dream around me. And I like to look at the world in terms of a dream. Because there's a lot of, there are specific rules that happen within dreams. And then when you unlock those, then you become lucid. And when you unlock those, you become astral. And when you unlock those, you become soul traveling. And there's this network that you go through, the set of initiations within that space that is not this space, but you go to it. Everyone does. If you don't remember or not, you still go to it. Everyone does. Mm -hmm why do we do this? You know, people need to ask these questions of themselves. And because if you can insert your sacred intent into the environment, this is a grand act of will, which is a grand act of magic. And so when we start, we want to talk about ideas of magic and the web work of magic. There's a lot of co oping just like what happened in the bible just what's happened in all these tomes and i consider the bible a sacred tome like uh one would the i consider it a grimoire and so there's there are sets of rules sometimes people need rules and sometimes people need guidelines to get to a better place to get to a place that helps them awaken within self and like i said earlier that's a beautiful thing if a tome can do that for you if the bible can do that for you then you've won then it did its purpose uh, because you became aware of self and by coming becoming aware of self you're becoming aware of the fact that you are more than this. People need to get up out of this. And so magic has a lot of different forms in which it plays out in in these structures. And so a lot of people get really caught down into cycles of magic as far as working with, and I, I loved all this, trust me, but working with Uh, synchronistic numbers, working with numbers and math work and uh, graphs and, um, you know, things people call sigils. Again, we could bring in the Psalms and we could bring in, uh, there's all kinds of stuff, magics everywhere. The key here is your will and exercising your will in the state of chaos that is around you to create what you want, to see. And what is that? That is actually emanating that which is within you, your inner space, into that which is without you, into outer space. And that's all outer mm. space is everything outside of you. And mm. So magic's a beautiful thing. And then we, we need to talk about consent here. And this is where I think people get tied into the idea of black magic, right? Versus white magic. Now, I don't right. play these games just like I don't play it with skin color. I don't play these games. And uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm just post all that and people can get over it. And so what happens with this is if you're doing something that is impeding someone else's will then you are crossing a line because you're crossing that line but you don't cross that line unless you ask to be invited in and you get invited in and then you can do what you will and they've consent i'm talking about people with ill intent and then you can do what you will because they let you in Hmm. and this is why i always say keep it yourself like a cell in blood, your cell, healthy, your immune systems, your spiritual immune system, strong and stay structured. Remember, remember everything around you is just the chaos and you are the game. And, Mm. uh, and so by that, By the accessing that people can get to you, um, oftentimes this is usually close. So it's usually lovers, it's uh, parents, it's colleagues, it's stuff like that where we contract it with them without realizing it. And That's the problem. You have to start really paying attention to your languaging when you're interacting with people in the outer world, because we contract to things and we don't realize it. And so if someone's trying to run their will over yours, you're not going to be, winning in that situation and this is where we get into all the magic stuff all the conjure all of the the rituals and all of that at one point i really enjoyed all of that at one point it served a purpose in my life and it taught me something on a bigger spiritual level at this point i don't need any of that that's all tokens hmm it's it's all just it's all fodder. It's fun, it's enjoyable, but I don't need it. I can get to where I need to go by a thought within my center and that will emanate out from me. And if I want to take that thought further, then I can make a sound. In the beginning was the word and uh, and this 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 can be However, you want to do it. If you want to go in Nokian alphabet, if you want to go Lovecraftian, if you, you know, wherever you want to go, if you want to be in tongues, it's all the same thing. It's just got Mm -hmm. different names, it's all got different overlays, and people worship the differences. And that's part of the distortion field as well, by worshiping the differences, and the differences are beautiful. I am one that love loves that because I enjoyed going into old-school witchcraft. I enjoyed going into Conjure when I was in the South and uh, was being brought under that with a, a, a Baba down there that I just love, and um, and getting into into different things, like recently trying to look at the Bible and talking to elders within that those different traditions. I, I have been a student, and so I like enjoying these different flavors. But in the end, I understand and see that these flavors really are coming from the same source. It's all ice cream with different ingredients.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh, ice cream base, with it, different it, ingredients.
2: At the base, it's just straight up, you know, cream, right? And then I add cherries to make it cherry ice cream, or I add, you know, whatever to make it a different ice cream. But at the base, it's just creamed cream. You know, it's it's frozen cream that's been whipped around, and it's good on its own.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: now, have you read the Greater and Lesser Keys of Solomon?
2: Yes, I've read almost all the magical tomes. I have a respectable occult library.
1: Wow. Okay. Now, this is a book that was given to me by a friend last year. I haven't even touched it yet, uh, but I, I definitely, I, I'm feeling led to to get into it uh, next year. You know, I have I have some things going on right now that I that I must complete before I get into it. But um, what what can you tell me about that? Just just really quick, what can what, what can you tell me? I, I just want to have an idea of, of maybe what to expect.
2: Well, I, you know, and in it doesn't matter what I say about it. but I, I get what you're saying. And I think if you have a calling, you should do it. It's fascinating. It's not like a book book like you're thinking it might be. And um, if you find yourself getting deeper into that, I would suggest looking at some of the works some of the people are doing, the scholarly works that kind of break things down in a in a deeper way like Dr. Skinner and stuff like that. Sure. I, I, I'm i curious though, like to me, that's more like a, a workbook, like a handy book of sigils and um, understanding the planetary stuff. So it's, like I said, it's less a book, uh, like a, a read book. Um, it's more like an, a resource book. Okay. And that's how gotcha. I approach it. But I have, I love Solomonic stuff, and uh, I have I've been I've been down that road, and I I love all that stuff. And I still, when good books come out through great presses, and there's so many, I support them because I love the genre. Uh, but I think that there are other amazing tomes to read. But again, you must go where you're called, and it's an interesting that. I'm going to be interested. let me put it this way, Justin. I'm going to be interested to see what your perspective of is it of on it is. I use those symbols and I use uh, well, right now I have the fourth seal of Jupiter on. So I use these seals and I use I use that stuff in my daily life. I enjoy it. but again, everything is your intent. And when we start seeing the demonization of things, you need to start paying attention to why is something bad? Why was something demonized? Look at right now how if you don't get the vax, you're the demon. You're the witch right now. You're the heretic. Mm -hmm. They're coming after us. And Mm -hmm. so you got to understand that things that have a reputation that may be dark and scary may have that reputation for a reason because who wants to keep you from it and what exactly. does, what do these things have that, you know, they want to keep you from now, that being said, I don't work with spirits. I, I I don't do it. I I don't do it. I have, I have done it. I don't do it. So I work with planetary energies and I know I hear people already. Planetary energies are spirits. It, the planetary uh, spheres themselves are sentient beings And, uh, and one could even call them alien life forms, but I, Mm. I do work with them. I enjoy them. I am a Venusian person. And so that's a whole different thing, but there are some amazing tomes for you to get into. If you're going down this path, keep an open mind and remember, be careful about where you contract.
1: Right. And that's something that I, I want to speak with you about. Not not now, but maybe maybe later we can. I have some questions about that. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, <laughs>
2: you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have some questions about that. You really, really caught my attention there about 10 minutes ago when you said uh, you have to be careful when you're out and you're speaking with people, right? Because you may contract with them and not even know it. In fact, you give me an example, if you would, please, of, of, of that.
2: If you start paying attention now to the interactions you're having, you'll see it all the time and it's and remember there are people out in the field that know how to do all this and and then mm-hmm. so, so some of this has been just put out in the field in in waste for stupid surface level things like uh, the mystery method the con artist of of you know, getting more women or men, that whole thing. This is all NLP. And if you're aware of it, then you're the one in control and you can see when it's being worked on you. I, I highly suggest everyone start learning these techniques and, and for the idea of being aware in the field. And the field is outside of your world, outside of your bubble, outside of you, outside of your house. And uh, being aware in the field where these kinds of tricks are being used on you and they're being used on you everywhere. So a lot of times in general conversation, people will say, right. And you'll say right back. Oh, yes. That's a contract right there. You have agreed right. to what they are saying. And it's casual, you know, blah, blah, blah. I know, right? And it's like, or right, you hear me, right? That's, uh, I mean, that's classic. You are contracting when you say that. It's very important for people to step back and get engaged in a way that You are actually listening to what's being said to you and train your mind. This is all about mind training. This is one of the reasons why I believe this realm set up and why we're here. We are here to learn these things. This is part of what I was talking about earlier, Justin, is that this is activating that sequence that you have, that I have, that everyone has that is dormant and um, starting to pull forth this type of knowing and when you get this type of knowing nobody can pull the wool over your eyes
1: All Right, hmm. good stuff fascinating i tell you fascinating excellent you know one thing i want to ask you about <laughs> is uh <laughs> is i want to know your views on the mandela effect i'm pretty sure you you have some interesting things to say about that this is something i don't know i learned about uh five, six, seven years ago. And uh, very, very fascinating. Is it, do, you, do you think that's real? And, and how do you, if, if so, um, where do you believe that it started or came from? And what is its purpose, if you will?
2: Well, I'm going to start with most of the reality around us is not real. And people need to start opening their eyes up to that. It is right. constructed by the reality is democratic. Everyone yeah. is agreeing on something. We're agreeing that you're in your state, and your place where you're talking, and I'm over here. This is all a construct that we're moving within. Uh, if we start to agree that there is no space between us, then we're in the same room, Okay. Wow. So you don't say yes, because hey. OK is contracting with me. So don't do it. I was testing you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <I>
0: <laughs>
2: and anyway, so when we are talking the Mandela effect, this is a big deal because what is it? It's reality breaking down around you. It is causalities in a, in a way. It is. It, I like the word emanations, and I use it in ways that bother people but I feel like I use the word emanation in a right way with an expanded consciousness added to it. This is a Mandela effect is where ripples meet each other and they, they overlap and, and Mandela effects create these distortions that we're talking about originally. And so Mandela effects simply to me are distortions where we have overlap of time, the idea of time or of, uh, Like if you're if you're doing video editing, you know they're keyed, and so you can overlay two and keying in video uh, editing, which I do. You can lay images over images by a function called keying, and that's when you get really great, you know, imagery where there's multiple layers of stuff. And the main and this is happening all the time, all the time. the The world around us doesn't look anything like we think it looks. Uh, I think most, like most people think it looks. And so when the Mandela effect happens and it was formerly known, first known to me as time shifts for, through a woman named Starfire Tor, tour. And then I saw that it got kind of co-opted into the Mandela effect because of Nelson Mandela free Nelson Mandela. I remember that in the eighties. I loved it so much. Anyway, I loved that song so much. And, uh, and so what what we have is a coalition of these, of these elements happening. And the key here is when you start seeing them, when you start becoming aware that something isn't right, that something is different. And this, as I was talking about with dreaming earlier, with lucid dreaming, and I realize I talk differently about dreams than a lot of people. And this is this is my experience and I'm coming at you with my experience. So I'm not regurgitating anyone's. And, um, and if I am, I apologize. I I probably don't know who they are uh, because we're all dipping in the well. And uh, so what I'm saying here is in a lucid dream, what makes you lucid? What makes you all of a sudden realize you're dreaming? Like that's a question you should ask yourself. And usually Almost always, but who knows? There are no absolutes. It's something is different. You realize, hey, I'm dreaming. It's because something actually triggered that. Well, it's usually something that's unusual that shouldn't, it's something that's not right that shouldn't, that should be there. Now, we can use those. You can find a trigger. And I think there was like, um, Mm, I can't remember the movie, it was with Leonardo DiCaprio, but they had good languaging and I think that was straight out of the Monroe Institute, but where you can use something to tell yourself you're at a certain level of the dream state and where you are within it. And uh, I have my own method with that, which is developing at this time when we talk right now. Oops, and so when you are aware that something is not the same, or something is different, something changed, a phrase, a word, a painting on a wall, Uh, you thought you had put your earrings in the same place every day for 20 years, and somehow this day they're not there, that's something weird. And it's the awakening into that moment, like one does with the deja vu, which is different, you realize that I am not in the same space. Uh, You know, Stouffer's stovetop stuffing, you know, this was a this a big one and uh, and stuff like that where people you're seeing in the realm that it's not the way you remember it. And so when we move into this idea of memory, we need to start asking ourselves, well, do we really remember what we Think We remember is all of that behind us in the past real, because when we look at the idea of how people perceive us and what we perceive of a situation, we all know that it's all different. It's crazy. And um, and there are stories of you and there are stories of me and there are stories of everyone that you will hear feedback sometime later that you did this or that and you have no memory of it. I got some hilarious ones and I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. That doesn't even sound like me, but the Mm -hmm. people around you remember it. And so you've got to consider this. I always take those. I'm very interested in those stories. And then you start questioning, well, what is real? And it's like, Oh, that photograph with my grandma you know there here's a photograph and um this is where that scene in blade runner where he's you know where rachel has this awakening that she is that that was all planted memories every bit of it and and they deepened it by 20 the 2049 one where the 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 blade runner himself was <laughs> Implanted with memories, and he was out there, you know, like this is how deep this goes. So, when you start encountering these anomalies in what you consider your waking real life, these are the moments you want to push into it. You want to call to the lucidity of the moment. So, when you're in the dream and you're like, Oh my god, I'm awake, I must, I'm dreaming, but I'm awake. Usually, that consciousness that Brings in your cognitive ability. Your left brain kicks you out of the experience because it's trying to conceptualize what the input is. Hap- what input's going on? Why is this not working? These things aren't coming together. The neural pathways are all a blast trying to figure out a pathway, and um, the neurotransmitters. And uh, this is these are distortions within your own field, and it becomes more mystical, or even creepy when they become distortions in the collective field. And this is where we see Mandela effects. These are collective distortions. And these things are happening at an enormous rate now. Everyone is having a lot of them, a lot of them at a big, deep, expansive uh, level of what the fuck because so many people are are talking about the same things now I'm hearing stories about people questioning their family trees like in genealogy like their person not not like ancestors out there their grandma you know people they know their uncle. Oh, wow. Like stuff like huh. that. They're like, "This, this is not my uncle." Uh, that, who is that person? <laughs> and I'm, I'm deeply intrigued by that. And uh, the ones for me lately, Justin, have been crazy. I have the chair I'm sitting in. I keep talking about this. There's two versions of it. One's got a chip in it, and one doesn't. And I'm, I check that. That's my barometer every day because when you wake up every morning, you're Justin, right? Right, right. And, I mean, that's a good thing to contract with. Sorry. See, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. You got to be careful there. And so I do it all. I I fall for it, too. These aren't dangerous contracts, but it's still, you see where I'm going. And so... And so this is this is that idea. I wake up every morning as niche and uh, I don't think anything about it. Now, this is this is not how I do, but this is a, an example. Like I don't think anything about I gotta get got this done, I gotta do all this, I gotta feed the animals, and you know, you get into that mode and you go into a state of self-sleep and you go into a state of self-hypnosis, and then you've got everything furthering that hypnotic experience you've got the electromagnetics going on around you you've got all the propaganda going on you get right on the computer right on the phone and all of a sudden you're deeper into the metaverse Mm -hmm. and so your own soul your own light is constantly trying to bring you back out of all that muckety-muck back into the center back to this little light of mine, right there. And you get the glyphs and you get the symbols and you get the uh, idea of why the universe is speaking to you like that. The universe in and of itself is a
1: consciousness
2: and we are interacting with it.
1: Wow. You know what, Nish, one of the last things I, I want to ask you uh, today is about something I heard you say and I just have a little smidget of it here But it was very interesting. I just I just want some uh, some clarity on it And this is just what I wrote uh, a certain set of genetic codes that we see on in the old hieroglyphs With genetic sequencing bags that they would that they hold and that I think that kind of goes back to what we started talking about um, Maybe out of, a little while ago, but uh, do you do you remember? I don't. You may not remember when when you when you said that. I believe you were speaking with uh, maybe Alana, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I just wanted some clarity in, in regards to that. What what is that? What what is that? What what is that? And and how does it play into today, if you will? Is it just something that the Egyptians were aware of, or or, or I don't even know if I'm even asking that correct. I'm, I'm just. I, don't I, want I know done.
2: where you are. And, okay. uh, and I, I talk about that quite a bit and I have been for a long okay. time and, okay. and there's a lot of people talking about, for a long time, nobody talked about that. And it was like, what are these bags in all these cuneiforms and all this, what are we seeing here? What is this that they're carrying? A lot of people were questioning it. And I know that a lot of scholarly people have come into, you know, brain meld with it and there are groups of thinking on it my idea always and initially was this is the the genetic sequencing bag and what i mean by this is this is the soul and this and and so it's not the soul in and of itself it's the sequence of the soul it is the the uh oh what do i call this so okay I think that's going to be misleading to people. Let me back up from that and say because what's going on when we activate these sequences we're activating our source code. And by activating our source code, we are tapping deeper into source, which is, you know, for lack of a better term, God. This is the God that is in us. And uh and so the idea of that those bags that are very specific looking mind you uh sometimes you see a snake a serpent as the handle yes, sometimes you is. see two that if you look at them they're very they're all a little bit different but they're all very similar and uh and and so that imagery is there but the thing is they are like any other thing that houses something else it's a bag that is housing something. And the cue that it's a se- sequence is because oftentimes you see spiraling around it, spiraling on the bag, on the handle, like I said, with the snake, or some sort of imagery with that, which suggests okay. to me. Uh, a helix, uh, and sometimes a double helix, and we start getting this imagery coming forward further and further. And then when you move deeper into this idea, it starts to kind of, for me at least, it forms this feeling of this is the core of what we are. And these are either progenitors or they're, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about those that are holding them and those that are exchanging them. Pardon me, and so that is the game here. That's the name of the game. Like I said, soul harvesting, soul mining. Uh, a, a lot of people have called it different things. Uh, when you when you put things under pressure, contents under pressure, they change, they transmute, and you get something that you didn't have before. We see this in nature through larvae, like a lot of people are now being injected with that turn into something else. And most commonly, the MK Ultra butterfly is out there for people to chew on. But the butterfly, or moths, and um, and then there's an idea of and this ties into this sequencing bag. There's an idea of things that hibernate and of recessive genes, of of flying under the radar, of staying in stasis or a genetic sleep mode. Or hyperstasis. This is all at play here when we start thinking about this idea. And this is one of the things that is very specific. And this talks on bloodlines. And bloodlines is something very important to consider. Bloodlines mm. are part of the name of the game here. and
0: okay.
2: And this is what, and when you do, when you get into the ideas of bloodline, you're going to see very interesting things go on in in that research because everyone always thinks they're this or that and you start moving back further and you find out a lot about yourself (laughs) Mm. and some people are not happy about it and some people are thrilled but you know again we can't get tied into our avatars we need to get tied into the magical pathways the neural pathways and the the bridges between these pathways that create something extra special and how the sequence plays out and is activated in the avatar is significant. And so the significance of the sequence, of this genetic sequence, cannot be understated where we are here and now. And there's a lot of language around this with a lot of different peoples in different ways in which people language, but it's all still at the core and it's all happening now. And this is part of what I was talking about earlier with this personal awakening. And that is a non, it's a spiritual thing. And it's a uh, non-denominational thing. It's above all that. And I, I keep wanting to bring people back to the idea, the locust, like I put in that one video, they gestate. They gestate and they come, they lay until the circumstances are right. And then when the circumstances are right, they awaken like Lazarus and rise up. Mm -hmm. And if you take away the idea of creepiness from that and you apply that to say something that's not creepy to you, like your own essence, your own soul, your own being, your own body then it becomes less creepy because you've now identified this as yourself and that this awakening is your awakening, that this Lazarus experience is your experience and not someone else's experience vis-a-vis Jesus, for example, that this experience is you and that this whole thing that you're going through right now is an awakening. And this awakening is ultimately going to be something that is not subtle, but it takes subtlety to get there. So it's Mm. the right amount of water, it's the right soil, it's the right amount of sun, it's all these right ingredients, and ingredients sometimes are choices we make choices we make on the lattice of our life, the pathways in which we walk, the crossroads in which we find ourselves, the doorways in which we walk. And so the genetic sequencing that has been there all along for us is something to Put your mind on right now. Everyone should. And this should be a thought you think about when you think about having physical symptoms. A lot of physical symptoms are part of this process and people are losing sight of that. People have contracted away everything. And this is including the authority over their temple, over their body. Everyone goes into the doctor because they got a pain here and they got an ache there. And if you stop projecting into that, illness cycle, you might find yourself in an awakening cycle. And that this pain I'm having here is activating a meridian within my body. And when you let it activate, it awakens another meridian and another meridian. But if there's a sliver, if there's a sliver of bad code in there, then that which you think is an activation could become that illness that you are unconsciously Telling yourself you have, and that can be turned into a cancer or whatever. This is why you got to know yourself and you got to get out all of that gook that is in, that's been programmed or all under this all the time because these physical symptoms are actually awakening symptoms. But if you got that if you got that virus in you, the mind virus in you, the mind virus is going to make it physical. So that heart palpitation in a spiritual awakening of the heart chakra, of that beautiful, beautiful awakening within the heart, if you've got that mind virus in you, if you've got the virus in you, then that's not going to be a, an awakening on that level. That's going to be a heart attack. And a heart attack is a different awakening. <laughs> <The> heart- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, I know what you're and, saying? And so, and and that's the nature of how this all breaks down too. It's like uh when my cousin died at the age of 21, he had three severe accidents in a row that led to his final one. And each one I kept telling him. He had the first one and um you know, he got he was on a motorcycle and and hit a a barbed wire fence and it scalped him, literally scalped him. Mm. And I had a photo of his whole scalp off and they had it clamped. I was like, mm. and I was watching it. And then the next one, he like, did something stupid and broke his whole like arm in a million different places. I was like, you need to understand what is going on. This is, this is one, two, what's three going to be for you? What's the lesson here? I was 17 years old at this time. And, uh, and he was 21 and he always listened to me, but it was still like, he wasn't getting it. And lo and behold, that third one, he was gone. He checked out. And so, but he was, I saw him, I saw him die. I saw, this was a very visual, uh, etheric experience when I saw him rise up out of a cage. And um, I mean, this was like almost biblical. I mean, it felt like angels were singing all this. And then he continued to have a relationship with me for a long time. And he was always presenting himself in school with like a backpack and stuff. So he was, he was learning the process. But what I'm saying here is if you're paying attention to the way synchronicity plays into your life which to me and i stand on one side of this because a lot of people don't agree with this i think synchronicity is actually an emanation from god it's a voice from god when you I agree. when sync when you wake up to something like when synchronicity happens this isn't this is like a big deal this is when you start to see that this isn't bad, this is good, and this is a aw- this is giving you awareness in the field, where is this awareness coming from? It's coming from you inside. It's coming from that little light. And that little light is what? It's a it's a refraction of that big light. And so this is how that all ties in for me.
1: All right. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One last request for you, Nish. One last request. Yes. I ask each and every guest that comes on the Hidden Gateway podcast to leave our listeners with what I like to call a token of love, just something that they can take with them on their journey going forward. What would you want to tell our listeners?
2: I want you to remember that you are dreaming this dream, that you are the dreamer. That the dreamer loves the dream and that the dreamer feeds the dream. And that if you allow yourself to become aware that you are dreaming, then you become the architect of the dream and nothing can enslave you. You are the source and there is no overlord. The ones that are controlling you are controlling you because you're letting them control you. Break the chains and let your light shine.
1: Bam. I love that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. I have genuinely enjoyed our conversation today. I want to thank you so, so much for being a guest on the Hidden Gateway podcast. Absolutely phenomenal, absolutely intriguing and absolutely fascinating. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hidden Gateway Podcast as much as I did. And remember, you can stay connected with us uh, at thehiddengateway.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter as well as Instagram. If you need to you know, reach out, you have a question, whatever it may be, uh, send us an email, support at thehiddengateway.com. And don't forget to subscribe as well to our uh, YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, I think I I mentioned it previously on the last episode, but my autobiography will be out uh, November 20th. So that is uh, 10 days from today. It's called In the Eye of the Father, a Mm -hmm. memoir of faith and redemption. Mm -hmm. And This will conclude this week's episode. Until next time, stay positive, stay questioning, be love and be free. The Hidden Gateway out.